Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist, and uh, we have some huge news regarding the NFL Week 5 slate of games. Uh, Broncos Pats has been moved to Monday night. Bills Titans has changed to 6 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday night. Uh, Chiefs Bills has been moved to October 18th, Sunday. Um, And this is all pending the Tennessee Titans not having any more uh, positive COVID cases. So some huge mix-ups happening in the uh, in week five of the NFL. Mike, what the hell is going on? Well, I, I think this is a case of the NFL not being totally prepared to handle COVID-19, even though they knew well in advance that the virus was going to be taking place this season because everyone's been aware of the virus since, you know, March. Uh, and some people knew even earlier than that. So it's um, the thing with the structure of the NFL, it's week to week uh, games scheduled. So when they reschedule these games, they got to account for the games that are following the next week. So the bills were scheduled to play on Thursday night, this upcoming week against Kansas city, a week from tonight, as we're recording this. Um, and so the initial rumor I heard was that they were going to reschedule the Titans bills for Tuesday and then move the Thursday night game to Saturday. I'm glad they at least gave that extra day of Sunday, but at the same time, it's less than a week for the bills to prepare for this game. They're going from playing, one team that was in the AFC championship last year to the other team that not only was in the AFC championship, but won the Super Bowl. you know, so it's just like, they're very fortunate that this is happening to the bills on their bye week I mean, next, after they played the chiefs, it was supposed to be their bye week They basically just moved that game to the Sunday where their bye would have been. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, it's just nuts that this is all happening with the NFL right now with the amount of time that they had, to prepare for all this crap and it seems like they they just completely ignored the fact that there's an incubation period with COVID they completely ignored the fact that you can be asymptomatic not even test positive for the virus but still end up developing the virus just a few days later like I I just don't understand how they couldn't have come up with a better plan I I agree with you and I think that they also should have I mean I'm a traditionalist when it comes to uh, the NFL as uh, I think everybody is it's you know we want to have our 16 game season, uh, which again, once everything gets normalized, it's going to move to 17 games. But I think what they should have done in hindsight is maybe have a week of games, but then maybe like a two, two week break for this kind of situation, like, or have like a two week window where there weren't games going to be scheduled or something like that. Maybe have less games, maybe have like a 12 game season, but have breaks in between so that if anything has to be rescheduled, they can throw the games in those breaks. Yeah, no, that would have been the logical thing to do. It seems like they just really wanted to stick with the the standard model that we're normally seeing. And obviously, it's just not working. Like, just having a week in between games is not the way to go to make sure that this virus doesn't spread. And I really hope that the NFL figures it out so that this doesn't become a weekly issue and they end up having to reschedule games constantly. Um, but Week four did happen with only one uh, hiccup. The Steelers and Titans did not end up playing. They postponed that game to a later date. But there were still uh, a huge amount of fun games to watch. Uh, So we wanted to give you guys the standard in-depth look that we have been doing over the past couple weeks. And we wanted to start with the GOAT, Tom Brady. Now, in the first half of this game where the Chargers traveled to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers, Tom Brady did not look amazing. I mean, they were down 24 to seven with just a little bit of time or was it 24 to seven going into halftime? Or was no, it-, so it was, it was going, it should have been, but what happened was the chargers fumbled the ball inside their own territory and Tampa Bay took advantage and scored another touchdown before the half. And that really gave Tampa Bay the momentum they needed to 
go into the second half. And you can never give Tom Brady that type of momentum, man. I mean, no. obviously he was looking rough to start with that game, and it looked like the Chargers had the game in their grasp. But as we know, Tom Brady, you can never count him out. Well, he threw his fourth pick six in his last six games in the first half. And we all know we, we've seen Tom Brady throw a pick six in the first half of a game, and he's overcome that uh, in an even larger deficit on an even grander stage against a very familiar team on this podcast who tends to joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was quite happy to see Tom Brady play so well because he is my fantasy quarterback. So his five touchdowns did excel not only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to victory, but also uh, my fantasy team. So thank you, Tom Brady. And it was, uh, you know, it, there's something to be said about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a team that you can never look at a game and say that they're definitely going to win, but they're also not a team you can count out that they are definitely going to lose that game because they have the weapons on offense to make a quick run. Um, but they also have a decent defense to get some stops when they need them to hold off the other team that might have a lead on them. So I, I think Tampa Bay is only going to get better each and every week. Um, you know, it's funny. We talk about the Bill Belichick teams, how they tend to struggle in September, but then just as the season gets on, get better and better and better and better. Then they're unstoppable. seems like Tom Brady's kind of carried that, that uh, I don't know what you call it, kind of feeling with him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they, they looked like they were – out of pace against uh, the Saints. And now they seem to be clicking on all cylinders against uh, as they get better each and every week. And it seems like Tom Brady had to dig into the, the well, into the, the old Tom Brady back when he had Randy Moss and he was putting up these insane numbers. He had an incredible day from a, a stats standpoint, 30 yeah. for 46, 369 yards, five touchdowns. And then the one pick six, like you said. So I mean, that is just vintage Tom Brady. This is going back. Because even the past few years, he hasn't been a complete world beater in terms of stats. So um, he really had to dig deep to get them this close win, 38-31. to 31. Uh, Ronald Jones took over the backfield in this one. He went uh, 20 carries for 111 yards. Uh, actually, Leonard Fournette didn't even register a carry in this game. That's actually pretty surprising. Um, LaShawn McCoy got a carry before he did. Uh for the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert, he's still played really well. I mean, you even texted me at the beginning of the game. You're like, Justin Herbert, he's going to be the real deal. Yeah. No, he looks good. I mean, he looked good in the Kansas City game, and he looked good against Tampa Bay early on. And you know, But he's a rookie, so he's going to have his mistakes, and he's not on the, the greatest team. Uh, so it's going to be – there's going to be some ups and downs. But I think from what I've seen from him so far, I like what I see. If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm optimistic about the future. Yeah, and the only downside to this loss, well, other than losing the game, is that uh, the Chargers also lost Austin Eckler to an injury. Um, yeah. it, it says here that they're saying he's going to miss at least one game, and then they'll take it game by game from there. So it's not a season-ending hamstring injury, but that's something to watch out for, especially if you own him in fantasy like I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was very unfortunate to see that. But we'll move on to Tom Brady's old team. Uh, the Patriots traveled to Kansas City. Uh, without Cam Newton because of uh, the COVID-19 uh, disease being so annoying so far this year for the, the NFL season. Um, so the Patriots went with Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback to face Can uh, Kansas City. Um, but what happened, Mike? How did this go? Well, what happened was it was actually New England's defense kept the Patriots in the game for most of the game. I mean, had I mean, had the Patriots had Cam Newton, there's an ar argument that could be made that the Patriots could have won that game. Um, but unfortunately, what happened was they had some turnovers. Um, they pulled Hoyer and put in Stidham. He also continued the trend of turning the ball over. 
Um, and <laughs> Kansas City was able to take that momentum, and then it basically became a Kansas City walk walkaway victory. The MVP, Jarrett Stidham, per Alex Dean, going five for 13 for 60 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. I mean, I get it. Like, he, the man was just trying to make a play when his team was down by two scores. Sure. So, yeah. So, I, I don't <laughs> – the jury isn't out on Jared Stidham yet, Alex. I, I won't. I won't give you too much crap yet. But uh, as we saw, the Patriots—they need Cam Newton to be a good team. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, and and so here's the thing: when I had our podcast about how good the Patriots are going to be, it was before Cam Newton signed with the Patriots, and I said that the Patriots were probably going to be like a four and twelve team because that's the team that I saw. That team turning the ball over at the end of that game was a team that I foresaw all season, which again, they went out and got Cam Newton, which good for them. They still have a good defense. And so they're still a team that's going to be a threat in the AFC, but we saw how important Cam Newton is to the team uh, when he's not there um, because the quarterback, as we all know, is the most important position on the field. Yeah. And I was shocked to see how close this game was for a lot of it. Honestly, up until that uh, sack fumble in the red zone uh, on the Patriots with Brian Hoyer holding onto the ball too long, uh, Patrick Mahomes had to, uh, pedestrian day for his standards 19 for 29 with 236 yards and two touchdowns um those are definitely low numbers for him but he did exactly what he needed to do to win even Mm -hmm. in a tough scenario and that's what you do if you're one of the top teams in the nfl yeah and i wonder if bill belichick's turn to maybe figure out some weaknesses in patrick mahomes and that's why he's able to hold him back maybe i mean i wouldn't be surprised bill belichick's the most intelligent defensive mind in football and patrick mahomes might be the greatest offensive talent we've seen in many, many years. So, I mean, I, I, at least I think so. So plus he has all those weapons that Kansas city has and Andy Reid's one of the you know best offensive minds to ever touch the NFL. So uh, is it completely out of the question that Bill Belichick's trying to figure them out? I mean, they've seen each other a few, you know, quite a bit in Patrick Mahomes short career so far. Yeah, that's true. And they're going to continue to see each other a lot. And the, ba- the last interesting story from this game was the fact that Stefan Gilmore tested positive for COVID very shortly after the completion of this game. And there's a picture of uh, Pat Mahomes basically face-to-face with Stephon Gilmore. And you can only imagine how disappointing the NFL will become if their best player in Patrick Mahomes, is not, or one of the best players, is not able to play. Right. Yeah, no, he's the face of the NFL right now. You can't not have him play. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they will make sure that that man is healthy. But uh, we'll move on to uh, – uh, our next matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals, another game filled with young faces with great young quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew versus Joe Burrow was the matchup of the century. And it actually ended up being a pretty decent game. Uh, the biggest story from this game is the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is just horrid. Like I honestly <laughs> think other than the Cowboys, they might be the worst defense in the league right now. Um, they, allow Joe Burrow to basically tear them apart. Joe Burrow's stats would have been a lot better if uh, his his tight end didn't just give up an easy pick in the end zone because he went 25 for 36 for 300 yards and one touchdown and one pick. And honestly, that doesn't seem like the greatest stat line, but the man just was constantly balling out there. Like he was completing so many passes. The Jaguars were, had horrible third, round, uh, third down defense. Going into halftime, the Jaguars were actually winning. Um, 13 to 10 but then coming out of the half the offense was just not there the defense was not able to stop Joe Joe Burrow and Gardner Minshew had a decent day 27 for 40 for 351 yards two touchdowns and a pick but man the Jaguars are struggling (laughs) 
Well, it's it's interesting to me that Cincinnati had, you know, their first loss of the season was a close fight at home against the Chargers. And then they had another close game against a division rival in Cleveland. Then they tie a game in Philadelphia that they should have won. So to me, this just felt like they were just kind of knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and they had to get through this time. And I I think that's what we saw against the the Jaguars, who are a team, like you said, have a a lackluster defense. And uh, for a rookie quarterback trying to get uh, his feet wet in the NFL, I think it's exactly what he needed. Yeah, and he definitely has the the, um, the weapons on offense to help him succeed. I mean, Joe Mixon had a career day, 25 carries for 151 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the man was just shredding the Jaguars' defense. And then he also has uh, players like T. Higgins. Uh, he has Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. He, he has a great set of skill position players for him to succeed. And I, as disappointing as it was to see the Jaguars lose, I am glad to see that the whole – Joe Burrow experiment in Cincinnati is trending in the right direction. Yeah, I do too. And, and you know, we talked about how it's um, it's unfortunate that sometimes when you're the best player in college, you get drafted to the worst team in the league from the year before. But uh, it, it, you're right. It, it, it's uh, good to see him excelling in this environment when Cincinnati was so bad last year. And, uh, right, you know, if I'm a Bengals fan, I, I could argue that we could potentially be three and one right now under Joe Burrow. They, they had a few missteps against Cleveland that put them uh, behind in that game uh, to not be able to win at the end because it was so close. Uh, actually, I mean, really, they, they've, had a, they've had a chance to win all four games they played in this season. They had a chance to beat the Chargers. They had a chance to beat the Browns. They should have beat the Eagles, and I'm so pissed that they didn't. And, and uh and of course, they won this week. So I feel good for Joe Burrow, and I feel good for the future of Cincinnati right now. Yeah, and no, the only thing we feel good about if we're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan is the fact that James Robinson is continu- continuing his terror of just being this crazy surprise uh, elite running back going for 17 carries and 75 yards. So good for him. Uh, well, 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 let me let me ask you this. So you watch the Jags every single week, obviously, because you're that's your, that's your team. And I, for one, for the last few years, see the exact same thing out of the Giants. It drives me absolutely insane. Is there something that the Jaguars are continually doing that you're like, why Why are they not fixing this? Like, why is this happening year after year after year? Like, I see it. How come they don't see it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's it's very difficult to pinpoint one thing because the issue is this is a completely different team from past Jaguars teams. I mean, this is a team that can't play defense and a team that's hasn't shown – enough consistency on offense but has the ability to light it up and score points um so this is actually something i am not used to because over my years it's either been just an overall really trash team like a bad offense and a bad defense or i've had the teams over the past few years where they rely on their defense to carry their mediocre to bad offense um so this year i I think it's just a lack of talent on defense that that's the biggest issue they just don't have the big name game-changing players like Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, all those guys. So mm-hmm. it's just roster. You got to fire Dave Caldwell. You got to fire the GM and you got to fire the uh, defensive coordinator too, to uh, try and just clear, clear the slate with this defense. But I'll stop talking about the Jaguars. <laughs> I know people get sick of me going on my rants about one of the worst and most boring teams in the NFL. So we'll move on to the Vikings at the Texans. Two teams yeah. who are 0-3, and this game ended up being an interesting one, Mike. Well, it was interesting to see the results of what happened afterwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I was someone who I really thought the Texans were going to win this game. 
I, I not that I didn't believe in Kirk Cousins and the Vikings because that's the, the, they're one of those surprise. The, both these teams were the two surprises that were zero and three going into this week. I mean, everyone saw the Jets being bad. Everyone saw the Giants being bad. Uh, we all come to expect Atlanta to blow every game they play, so it wasn't surprised that they're zero and three. So it was it, it was uh, surprising to see both the Vikings and the Texans struggling so much. But this was a result to me of bad GM by Bill O'Brien and the Texans. Um, and the Vikings, you know, I, I think maybe they'll finally start to play better going forward because they found some momentum. The, the winning in the NFL is so huge, and they uh, were able to win this game. Kirk Cousins threw 22 passes, 260 yards, a touchdown. Um, and Cook really went off, had 130 yards and two touchdowns. So maybe this will be the, uh, the game the Vikings need to go forward to find their groove again. Yeah, I I think most people would pick the Texans in this matchup basically just in comparison of the quarterbacks because obviously we know what Kirk Cousins is. He's a middle-of-the-road quarterback who can, as long as he limits his uh, mistakes and he limits the interceptions that he throws, he should be able to manage a game to a win. Whereas Deshaun Watson is supposed to be this elite quarterback uh, that is being paid the big bucks, and he played decent. Uh, 300 yards and two touchdowns but I think the difference in this game is the fact that the Vikings have a very very good running game whereas the Texans they're still trying to find their identity in terms of running game I mean David Johnson is kind of a guy who's he's good but he's not great anymore you know 16 carries for 63 yards meanwhile like you said Dalvin Cook 130 yards and two touchdowns like that's the difference that's the reason why the Vikings won 31 to 23. Yeah and uh, did you agree with the decision to fill to fire Bill O'Brien? Yes. No, 100%. I thought that he was going to get fired before this. I mean, he's made some very bad decisions as GM. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, he's kind of squandered the beginning of Deshaun Watson's career by just not putting any, when he was GM, not putting enough guys around him to succeed. Yeah. I mean, well, I, Bill O'Brien's logic for trading Hopkins was if I pay, because DeAndre was looking for a contract extension and looking for a, like a, a big payday. And he said, well, if I pay him, I can't pay X, Y, and Z on the roster to make the best team possible in his mind at the time. Um, but I think you have to uh, – I really think if, you got to see if everybody's committed to wanting to be on the team um, and see if you can make it work. Like Kansas City, you know, Patrick Mahomes got this huge contract, but he didn't take as much as he was called for in the market because he wanted to keep a lot of the guys that helped him get to where he is, which is a Super Bowl champion. Uh, Tom Brady over the years took pay cuts – I mean, these guys make millions and millions of dollars. I mean, who, who am I to say in a particular job or field what you should be earning? That's not my right to say that. If you are putting forth an effort and you're doing producing a certain amount and the market's calling for you to get paid, you got to do what you got to do. At the same time, if your goal is to either just get paid as much as possible, that's one thing. But if your goal is to be on the most successful team, then you have to look at your where you're due the money and also say, well – maybe I can make it work with this as long as we can keep these guys around. Yeah. And I don't think there's, you know, I think it's more of a people want to just get paid, which is, you know, again, human nature, that's what they want. Um, but you brace for impact that if you get your big payday, that you might not be on as good of a team as you were before. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what Watson is experiencing right now. Although he didn't really have much to work with before, other than the fact that he had Hopkins. I feel like he's, he's never really had a great running game and his offensive line has always just thrown him to the wolves. So the Texans have a lot to work on this upcoming game. Oh, we never picked the Jaguars game. <laughs> the well, up- we'll do that later. 
Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, since they're playing the Texans that week, next week, we can just do that now if you want. Sure. Uh, I'm going to actually pick the Jaguars because I mean, the Texans are in uh, shambles with firing their coach and they're getting into new coaching and everything like that. So, I, I mean, I think this if, of the games that the Jaguars are going to win this year, I think this is one that they can grab. So, uh, Interesting. Okay. That is not what I was expecting at all. So I think the Texans are going to win solely because they are going to be so excited, so hype that Bill O'Brien is not their coach anymore. They're going to be like, yes, <laughs> we can finally play. You know, no, I don't know. I don't know how, like what they thought of coach O'Brien, but I, th- well, that's I, mean, gonna... I also look at the fact that the Texans should have lost to the Jaguars at home last year. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't yeah. for some bad coaching at the end of that game, not to open an old wound. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's true too. But I, I don't know. I just feel like Deshaun Watson just shreds us every time. And with that horrible Jaguars defense, I don't know, man. But speaking of bad defense. So you're picking the Texans? Yes. Okay. Speaking of bad defense, ruining my segue. What the hell, man? <laughs> um, the Cleveland Browns played against yes. the Dallas oh, Cowboys. Oh, such a pleasure. <laughs> so the Cleveland Browns ended up defeating the Dallas Cowboys 49-38. to Now, I'm only going to say one thing of setup, and then, Mike, you can take it away. Because you probably – did you watch this game? Uh, well, no, because I was watching the Giants game, but I oh, – well, no, no. I, uh, there was, there was the Giants game was game. later. Yeah, Giants game was – I was watching – well, I was watching what was on TV locally, which was the Chargers and the Bucks, but I kept okay. track of this game the whole time. Okay, so the only point I'm going to say is the fact that the Cleveland Browns almost put up 50 points. They put up 49 against the Cowboys in Dallas. Baker Mayfield, 19 for 30 for 165 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I get it. The Browns were up early, so obviously they're going to lean on the run. But my God, how the hell do you only put up 165 yards in a game where you score 49 points? <laughs> I mean, well, tell me. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you also had Landry who threw a 37-yard pass, which put you over 200 yards for the game. Um, <laughs> so, uh, they also, but also they had uh, Odell had that huge 50-yard run where he got a touchdown that way. They, and they, the thing is, they they scored quickly. They scored on big plays and quickly, and that's why they didn't have as like these long drives or anything like that. So, eh. if, if the logic's there, it's just nuts to see the score and and the box was, score. <laughs> it's it, it's just it was so delicious to watch the Cleveland Browns go there and just destroy this lackluster, terrible Cowboys secondary because the Dallas Cowboys have a great offense. Like, no, it's, it, there's there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Dak Prescott has been playing very well so far this season. Four touchdowns, 502 yards. Okay. <laughs> All right. 502 yards. And uh, he really didn't have any running game going for him, but he has a lot of great weapons. CeeDee Lamb's proving to be a really good receiver. Everybody kind of saw that coming, but he was probably the best wide receiver in the draft, and the Cowboys got him. Uh, they have Amari Cooper, who's a phenomenal receiver and also on my fantasy team. Um <laughs> And uh, Gallup's a good receiver, too. You got – and Elliott was receiving the ball well in this game. Dallas has the offense, but they don't have the defense. It's so awesome because this means that the Cowboys are going to continue to just have these games where it's high scoring. And because their defense is so bad that they're probably going to be on the short end of the stick. And as a Giants fan, I have two favorite teams, the New York Giants and whoever's playing Dallas that week. And so this is great. I love the Browns, and I love Odell again, you know, for one week. Yeah, f- fair enough. I would too. But honestly, like, I-, I love to give Baker Mayfield shit 
in terms of just his stats because they're they're never impressive. But yeah. th- this was all of the box score for both teams was a result of the game script. I mean, obviously, like we said, Cleveland Browns were up big early. They were up what was it, uh, 20, 20 or thirty two? Jeez, I can't do math. Thirty one <laughs> to fourteen early, um, and so they just relied on the run game. Uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys. Dak Prescott threw 58 times. That is an insane amount of attempts. And like you said, there was no run game because they couldn't milk the clock. You know, they had to put points up quick. So I guess that's just how football goes, man. But if anybody had Dak Prescott in fantasy, like Kristen did, you definitely lucked out because he killed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> he definitely killed it. And if you have – the thing is, Dak Prescott right now and the Cowboys aren't going to win you many regular season games, but they're going to win you a lot of fantasy points. So <laughs> – <laughs> there you go that that's what the cowboys are striving for but uh we will move on to the next game uh the bills traveling all the way to las vegas to face the raiders in the raiders brand new stadium uh the bills ended up playing very well once again i mean josh allen also ended up playing very well once again did not eclipse the 300 yard mark this time but he still went 24 for 34 for 288 yards and two touchdowns so he still had a great game uh Basically, this game never really felt like it was with it, fully within reach from the Raiders' standpoint. I, I just feel like the Bills were just at, far enough ahead for most of the game where they just kind of coasted to an easy win. Well, there were points in the game when the Raiders looked like they were going to get momentum, but then they would turn the ball over. Right. Uh, you know, they'd have these dumb turnovers. And, it, you know, it turned out to really cost them in the end because it was only a seven-point loss. Yeah. Um, but the Buffalo Bills, again, are uh, – they, they go on the road – and win it, and they're now 4-0. They played well. It's, uh, you know, off to a really good start. I must have been bad luck for the Bills because I leave and look at how well they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, as long as the Money Mike is not in the vicinity, uh, you're going to be a good team. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, Josh Allen t- is also has such an impressive – I mean, he completed 70% of his passes. That's astounding right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's, he, you know, Singletary de- didn't have a lot of yards, but, um, you know, you, I think the biggest addition to Buffalo has to be Diggs. Oh, as yeah. great as Josh Allen has been playing, you got to give Diggs a lot of credit for that because he's a, a reliable target and he's going to play outstanding football for you so long as he's healthy, not going to want to help you as all season. Uh, but, you know, he had 115 yards receiving off of six catches. And it also helps, too, the fact that the Bills have one of the best three wide receiver tandems in the NFL. I mean, when you have Diggs, obviously an elite defense or just any defense is going to put their best corner on Stephon Diggs. We need to lock that guy down. But then you can't just leave John Brown and Cole Beasley open for just to catch balls whenever they please. You know, like when you have three very good receivers like the Bills do and you have a quarterback that's really clicking like Josh Allen, it is going to be tough to stop these guys from putting up points on the board. And I can't believe I'm saying this about the Bills right now, but their offense is one of the best in the league. It's one of the best in the league. And who would have thought Josh Allen would be in the conversation for MVP? <laughs> I know we're going to keep saying this every week. <laughs> Josh I, Allen? Really? <laughs> it, well, the thing is, is that the Bills had a good season last year, but it was like an outlier compared to our entire lives. I mean, <laughs> so they got in the play. They squeaked their way into the playoffs a couple years ago after Cincinnati won against Baltimore in the, you know, last second to, you know, give the Bills the clinching spot to go against your Jaguars in the first round back in 2016. Uh, and that was the, it was the first time the Bills made it in 17 years. 
And then they didn't make it the next year, but then they made it again last year. And, you know, they almost won the game. I hadn't been bad luck there, too, for those of you that don't know. Apparently, I was the reason that they lost. Um, <laughs> but but uh, that, no, it's just my whole life. I, it's so weird to me that the Giants are 0-4 and, and the Bills are 4-0. I mean, my whole life, the Giants have always been the better team. It's, it's weird for me to have the Bills be the better team, but they are by a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so. It's honestly the factor is the Bills finally have a quarterback. Like as long as Josh Allen plays to this level, or at least just around this level, they're going to be a good offense. It's also weird to see like analysts on ESPN and Fox Sports talk about the Buffalo Bills as a contender for the Super Bowl. Like this is insane to me. Like even though I think it's legitimate, I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying it's just it's they're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo. (laughs) Are we and, in 1990? <laughs> and they're talking about them as being better than the Patriots, which is even more crazy. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I remember, I think it was uh, Colin Cowherd who said the Bills have a roster that's a Super Bowl roster this year. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still think they need to win one playoff game before they can talk about Super Bowl, but... <laughs> Mike's like, slow your roll. The no, 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 thing- I mean, they're 4-0. They're 4-0. Yeah. There have been years past where the Bills started off really hot and they fell apart, but those Bills teams that start off really hot were not expected to be good this team is expected to be good and they are good. So I think they're going to continue this trend. Um, And we won't get to see the rematch of the music city miracle until Tuesday, but I think the bills are the better team. And I think they're going to beat Tennessee because Tennessee, I mean, most of their people are still quarantining. So who's going to be showing up to play. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I am just reiterating the Facebook post that I shared today. Fuck the Titans. Nobody circles the wagon, like the Buffalo bills. Let's go Buffalo. All right. So you're picking the bills. Let's all right. Yep. There we go. Oh. All right. Moving on to the next game. Uh, the Sunday night thriller between the struggling Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz and Nick Mullins and the San Francisco 49ers. This game and turned out to be a pretty close one. I mean, most people were picking the 49ers even without uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and all of the injured players being included in this game. But the Philadelphia Mullins. Eagles pulled out the victory 25-20. to 20. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really unfortunate because the 49ers had a late turnover that if they didn't do that, they would have had a chance to win the game or at least, uh, you know, put themselves in a position to tie the game. Um, it was uh, for, I think for, if you're an Eagles fan from their perspective, this might've been what you needed to maybe gain some momentum. They went in as underdogs to a team that was, you know, had lost a lot of their own players. So what does that say about you? Um, and uh <laughs> They what went, does that say about you? Damn. <laughs> well, it's just true. I mean, you know, one team has 10 of their star players hurt, and they're still favored to beat you. It's like, hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to catch shit from Chris later probably for that. But anyway, so, so but the Eagles win it, and now they're in first place of the <laughs> NFC East at a record of 1-2-1. and one. <laughs> I mean – how is that possible? It's just insane. So, I mean, they have, a, they have a, a in-state rivalry game this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 3-0, whose game got, you know, they their game got canceled because of coronavirus because they were playing your, your favorite team, the Titans. Um, I don't see the Eagles winning that game, but I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. They're still bad. I think they're still bad. <laughs> Man, let's just run down the NFC East real quick. So, we got the Eagles at the top of 1-2-1, one, and, one, and then we got – the Redskins, or not the Redskins, the Washington football team. At uh, one and well, three. here's the thing. Until they get a name, they're still the Redskins to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the Washington team is one and three. Cowboys are one and three. 
and then the Giants, we won't talk about them. So the, <laughs> the Eagles are the number one team in the NFC East, and their quarterback is still not looking great. Uh, 193 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Now, to be fair, the 49ers' defense is pretty good. I mean, even though they're missing some players like Nick Bosa, they're still a great defense. So in a game like this where Wentz was already struggling to come in to begin with, I'm not surprised that he struggled. Um, And then on the other side, I think the biggest story was George Kittle. 15 catches for 183 yards and one touchdown. 15 catches. Imagine if someone had Dak Prescott and George Kittle on their fantasy football team. <laughs> so this, this what's that? So that's lethal. Yeah, it's very lethal. And uh, uh, the Eagles proved that they can be lethal at times. So congratulations to them. Uh, Mike was uh, very sad to see you win, but I mean, it's not like the Giants are winning the division anyway. So someone's got to win it, Mike. And they're still in it. <laughs> <laughs> one game behind. Or mathematically still in it. One and a half games. It'd be math? one and a half games because they're 0 and 4, and the Eagles are 1, 2, and 1. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Such a mess. Um, we'll move on to actually uh, your favorite game of the week. Did the Giants score? T- have they scored a touchdown in the last two games? Uh, no. No, they're not. <laughs> the Giants lose to the Rams in LA 17 to 9. Mike, take it away. All right. So the biggest problem with the Giants is their entire team. So. <laughs> They, well, no, I mean, defensively, they actually have been pretty decent for three of the four games. Like, they did not play well. They did not play well defensively in the second half of the 49ers game. The first half they did. But they played really well defensively against a good Rams offensive team. One score Uh, game? Yeah. Uh, And they didn't give up touchdown to the fourth quarter. Uh, They shut up the Chicago Bears in the second half of that game in week two. And they held the Pittsburgh Steelers down until late in the game also. It's kind of, um, the Giants haven't been like this dominant defensive team, but they haven't been bad. But their offense just isn't good. They have no running game. They have no offensive line. Their quarterback looks he, – he, he just – he stares down which receiver he wants to throw to. And it's so obvious to who he wants to throw to every single time. And if it doesn't get picked off, it gets tipped away or, or, you know. And all of our receivers are – you know, we have Shepard and Tate who are decent. Uh, but none of the receivers in the Giants would be number one, maybe not even number twos on other teams around the league. Um, and so you got Evan Ingram at tight end. But he's – you know, sometimes he's going to play. Sometimes he's not because he gets hurt all the time um and uh you know sometimes jones can't even get on the ball because he's getting sacked or getting hit as he throws so it's just been a you know it's just frustrating but at the same time it's it's kind of like well it's a race for trevor lawrence in metlife stadium either he's gonna wear green or he's gonna wear blue so you know uh i i it's just uh at this point it's i watch the giants and i root for them every single week but it's just kind of get through it they're kind of like the phantom menace every time i decide to rewatch the star wars movies um the 10 times a year that i do that it's like okay you got to get through the phantom menace i got to get through 2020 with the giant season this year you know so you know they're playing dallas this week they're gonna get their asses kicked dallas wins even though the dallas defense is so terrible it's over (laughs) they're gonna lose (laughs) Okay, well, after you've watched, what is it, 120 minutes of Giants football without a touchdown, I think the Giants will score a touchdown against Dallas. Well, score Dallas. a touchdown, no doubt. This defense sucks. But, <laughs> but are they going to win? No, no, they're going to get killed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm definitely picking the Cowboys in that one too. Um, all right, so, well. so, so I used to be the guy who was like, I'm never picking against my team. You always have to pick your team. But you know what happened? The Giants have lost more games than anybody in over the last six years. So fuck that strategy. I'm here to win. I'm competitive. So prove me wrong, New York Giants. Prove me wrong. But you're going to get your asses kicked. 
and you're going to get closer and closer to getting Trevor Lawrence. So pencil that in. Cowboys win. <laughs> Sorry, both of us are picking against our teams this week. So it's uh... – I'm picking your team, though. I picked your team, even though I, I might be wrong. And you, we might, I might see it on that little scroll on the bottom of the screen. Houston, 30. Jaguars, nothing. And I'll be like, fuck. But you know what? <laughs> I'm taking a, a, a chance here. I've got, I've got a little bit of a lead. I'm going to take a chance. A little one. bit of a lead. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, you know who did have a little bit of a lead on Monday night? Oh, uh, the, <laughs> the Packers, who hosted the Falcons, uh, they ended up winning 30-16. to 16. The game was never close. Um, basically Aaron Rodgers just looked amazing. He was connecting on all, all cylinders and the entire game. Wow. 27 for 33 for 327 yards and four touchdowns. He missed six passes, man. Aaron Rodgers is dialed in. He's uh he looks like Aaron Rodgers from 2010. I keep saying that, but he looks amazing. And everybody wanted him and Matt LaFleur to have like this bitter hatred towards each other. Like when, you know, love was drafted, they're like, Oh, now this is going to break them. This is going to do whatever. And Aaron Rodgers goes, I heard him in an interview this week. He, he was like, everyone wants us to like not get along. He's like, we get along great. You know? So whatever, let them think what they want. We're going to go out and play football. And right now, because of the injuries to the 49ers, I think that the green Bay Packers are the top team in the NFC followed closely behind by Seattle, but Seattle's defense is not that great. Whereas green Bay's defense is actually pretty good. So I, I think the Packers right now are the team to beat in the NFC, and we might see the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC go through Lambeau Field. And if that's the case, it's going to be tough to beat the uh, the Packers at Lambeau in the playoffs. The only quarterback fit to do that job is a quarterback who no longer is in the NFL. <laughs> and who is that, Mike, just so people don't? You know, everybody everybody should should just look it up. Uh, who, who's gone to Lambeau Field twice and won Super Bowls because of it. So I'm not, I'm not even going to have to say his name. He, he, everyone should know his name because he's uh, up there among the NFL's greats. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll let let our our wonderful audience curiosity carry them to find the answer, but they should know the answer because he's amazing. All right. So I think the biggest story from this game was the, hotly contested and very close fantasy football matchup between Kristen Torres and Jay. I am blanking on his last name. <laughs> Amy Badesic's brother, or <laughs> Amy Badesic's boyfriend. <laughs> so oh, they really had, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so they had a very, very close fantasy matchup and basically he had Calvin Ridley and Kristen had Matt Ryan. Ooh. Kristen ended up winning the matchup, I believe, by 0.12 points. And Calvin Ridley had zero catches. That and he, sucks. he was this close to catching a touchdown at the end of uh, regulation. Or not the end of regulation, but during garbage time. And even after that drop, Jay was still winning. Kristen only won because Matt Ryan had a bunch of garbage time yards on the last drive of the game. It was the greatest thing I ever watched. Unfortunately, Kristen was sleeping. <laughs> so she wasn't even, yeah so she wasn't you, you, was, you, should have, you should have gone and jumped in the bed like you won <laughs> i should have yeah just completely wake her up and piss her off no uh, i was i was sitting there rooting for her uh by myself in the living room and it, it was it's always fun to see those insanely close fantasy matchups and see how they it turned out because garbage time always becomes a factor in those situations yeah um yeah, yeah. Awesome. so uh Congratulations to Kristen. She's the only four and O team in that league. I ended up losing last week by over 120 points. So yeah, that was, that was a rough week for me. Um, yeah. 
But uh, that that uh, wraps up our in-depth looks uh, for week four. Uh, we're going to do a quick overview of the remaining games for week five, uh, starting with the Ravens traveling to Washington to defeat them by a score of 31 to 17, as expected, right, Mike? No mysteries there. Lamar Jackson, you know, was killer. And uh, that's really it. They're the better team. They went in, they won. Yeah, everybody expected. And they ended up, I believe, covering the spread. I think it was at 13 and a half. If it was at 14 and a half, that sucks. But uh, moving on to the Saints traveling to Detroit uh, to face the Lions. And this game actually ended up being a little bit of a surprise in the beginning. The Lions jumped out to a quick 14 to 0 run. But the Saints, their offense was clicking. Yeah, so I, I picked. I was the only one who picked the Lions in our group picks that we have, and I was. And when they were up fourteen nothing, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna look so smart. And then it was thirty five fourteen, and I go, oh, <laughs> I guess I'm the dumb one. <laughs> so. Yeah, the Lions basically just had zero answer to uh, the Saints' offense. I mean, Alvin Kamara had another great day, nineteen carries for eighty three yards and a touchdown. And then he also added thirty six yards on the ground. Emmanuel Sanders with ninety three yards. And then Traquan Smith with uh, 54 yards and two touchdowns. So it was, uh, it was a classic uh, New Orleans Saints offensive game, and then their defense just really has to figure it out here if they're going to be one of the elite teams in the I, NFC. I, I mean, it seems like year after year, game after game, when you look at Lions games, you look at Matthew Stafford's stats and you think to yourself, he played so well, but they lost. It's like if he was drafted to another team or if he had left and gone to another team at, at this point, how different would his career have been? You know, he just went to an organization that's won one, one playoff game in 50 years. One playoff win in 50 years. I mean, this is to a lesser extent, extent compared to this person. But, I mean, think about his old teammate, Calvin Johnson. Imagine if he was on another team too. It's just the Lions team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Matt, Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. I would definitely consider him – I mean, if he was on a better team, he probably would be considered top 10, top five. But it's just mm-hmm. because he's on the Lions and he's had to work with nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's unfortunate for him. But, uh, you know, the, the story with the Saints was that they were struggling and they needed to get a win and they, they were down early. And it looked like, oh, no, the Saints are going to struggle yet again. And there was talks about this game being delayed because of COVID, too, because there were some false positives uh, on the Saints' side before the game uh, the night before. Um, but uh, they were able to bounce back in the game, and Kamara's been playing outstanding football, and Drew Brees played well uh, in this game to uh, get the Saints. Maybe this will give them momentum to be the team that we've all been expecting them to be because we expected them to be a top-tier NFC team this year, and I think they still can be. Yep, just got to work on that defense, and they can definitely get there. But uh, moving on to the next game, we have the Arizona Cardinals who traveled to uh, Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers, and the Cardinals ended up losing 31 31- to 21 with Kyler Murray having a very, very uh, low uh, stats day, 24 for 31 for 133 yards. He had three touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty great. But in terms of yardage, it just seems like the Cardinals kind of struggled to move the ball. Yeah, I, I put too much faith in the Cardinals to start the season because they beat the 49ers the first week. It's like, oh, Arizona's going to be a threat this year. They're really going to be a good team. Um, and Carolina's actually just been competitive in all their games. And they just, you know, they were able to fix the problems they were having in the red zone from the week before. And um, Bridgewater, it's it's nice to see him playing so well because I was really worried about his career when he got hurt at a practice in Minnesota, and then he lost his job there, and then he went to go be a backup for New Orleans. And he comes in, he he is forced to play because of Drew Brees' injury, and it's you know you're going in and playing for a team that has such high expectations, and he went five and zero. 
And then Drew Brees came back and obviously took the job back because he's Drew Brees. Um, and Bridgewater was at least put himself in a position to get a starting job back somewhere else. He got in at Carolina. And uh, it's nice to see him, uh, you know, when I saw him run for a, a touchdown, it was just nice to see him be able to do that given his circumstances. So I feel good for Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Carolina's 2-2 two and two and uh, a division that's right now up for grabs. I mean, it looks like Tampa Bay's out front and the Saints are still the projected favorite to win the division. But Carolina will be a team that could be a spoiler out there. Yeah, no, they absolutely could. And I think uh, one of the biggest questions for their offense is, is their offensive line just that good? Or is Mike Davis the real deal? I mean, he's had a couple great games, 16 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he is filling in for Christian McCaffrey amazingly. And uh, hopefully he keeps it up for Carolina Panthers fans' sake. Um, But moving on to our next game, the Seattle Seahawks traveled to Miami, a very long trip. Uh, to face the Dolphins they ended up pulling out the win 31 to 23 uh, this game actually ended up being a lot closer than expected but I mean the Seahawks always seem to at least not play to their full potential when they are traveling across the coast I mean I, and I totally understand that I mean just having to travel that far I can I can imagine it's just so much tougher uh, I mean aside from the obvious example of when they traveled coast to coast to play in the Super Bowl against the Broncos and they won 43 to 8 they also had a two-week <laughs> gap Right. You know, travel at that at that point, but yeah, it's true. The Seahawks tend to typically struggle in those games where they have to travel uh, across the United States. But at the same time, we all kind of knew the result before this game even started, um, and uh, just let Russ cook. And he again leads the Seahawks to victory, and he's going to continue to do so as the season goes on. Um, but it, it, you know, good for Miami to make it a close game. Yeah, no, I mean, Miami's definitely better than people expected. And uh, good for Chris Carson for still being able to play, even though he got injured the, the week before. So uh, that's uh, great news for Seahawks fans. Mm-hmm. Um, next game we have is the Colts traveling to the Bears. Man, the Colts have been in some pretty boring games over the past few weeks. I feel like we just like haven't really talked about them much. But uh, the classic Nick Foles being good coming off the bench, but being bad when he starts, is that is what happened here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his debut his debut did not go well, um, and it was you know the Colts are a team that I I, I felt like would be a, a decent team in the AFC. I didn't think they would win the AFC or anything like that, but I thought they would be a team that would be in contention. Um, and uh, they're starting to put things together, and I I, I still believe in Philip Rivers as the quarterback, and um, you know he looked good on Sunday. So the uh, the Indianapolis Colts get the win, another what three and one. Yep, the and Colts are not. Yep, they're, they're not winning the division because the Titans are still undefeated. Yeah, hopefully that won't be the case after the Bills take care of them. But yeah, the Colts are three and one, and the Chicago Bears are now three and one. They are no longer undefeated. How does that make you feel, Mike? Uh, I think it makes Packers fans feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Packers fans are probably pissed. Like this crap team has the same record as the best yeah, team in the NFC. They were, they, they were by far the worst undefeated team that was standing going into last week. So, and as we're recording this, they are about to play uh, against uh, against who are they playing? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. I kept thinking. I kept thinking uh, Tom Brady. So I was thinking the Pats for some reason. I'm like, well, they're not playing New England. New England can't play. They got Coco. <laughs> so who are they playing? <laughs> They've got the Coco. Yeah. The yeah. It's a, re- it's a rematch of the Super Bowl between two great quarterbacks, Nick Foles and uh, his uh, less than Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So ho- hopefully, um, Tom Brady's hoping that the Bears offense won't be as electrifying as that Eagles offense was during that game. So we'll see how the uh, the Thursday night matchup goes. And we will go on to last week's 
Thursday night matchup. Perfect segue, Mike. Nice job, man. Cool. <laughs> um, the uh, killer matchup between the Broncos and Jets at MetLife, MetLife Stadium. Brett Rippon versus Sam Darnold. Did you watch any of this game? I don't think so, right? You said you didn't have NFL Network. I don't have NFL Network, so I'm glad, and I'm glad that this was the last one that was only going to be on NFL Network because I didn't really want to watch it. But I was actually surprised it was so high scoring. I thought this was going to be like a 9-6 to six game, like a little tickle fight out in the schoolyard. <laughs> but, it actually ended up being a really good game. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the video that was put out there of just Jets players looking just sad and depressed on the bench? Yeah, because they know they're not going to get a win. Like, that was their chance for a win. And they're like, oh, my God, this is going to be such a long season. And I'd say I wish the Jets did win because then we would be the favorite to get Trevor Lawrence right now. So They almost did, man. They they almost pulled this game out. Brett Rippon tried to give them the game because he was playing well up until the fourth quarter, and then he ended up throwing two more picks. And it was, All right, uh, who, has, who, who has a better chance to get their first win? And who has a better chance to have a better record than the, the Giants or the Jets? They're both 0-4. It depends on the schedule, man. Like, because the Giants have a better defense, I'm guessing, but the Jets' offense is looking better. I guess <laughs> it's <laughs> it really just depends on the uh, the schedule. Like, who do the Jets have next? They have the Chargers, Bills. Those are both losses. Chiefs are lost. Patriots lost. Dolphins twice. They could potentially beat them, I guess. Yeah, the I only so. yeah the only games that they could potentially win are the Dolphins games. The rest of the games are not winning. Well, that's how and, I feel about the Giants with the, the Washington football team. You know, that's the only really the games that they have a shot. Maybe one of the games against the Eagles, but yeah. Oh, man. They're also playing the Cardinals, too, which I think the Cardinals take that win. That's actually next week. So, yeah, man, I could see the Jets going 0-16. Oof. Oh, boy. All right. Well, it is the NFL, so you never know what happens. But that wraps up our review of week four of the NFL season. And we are going to move on to our picks for week five of the NFL season. Mike, take it away. Tell everybody the standings because I know they've been dying to hear about it. All right. So last week uh, I went five and two. Drew went four and three. Uh, I won the bonus game that we did where we pick a spread, the spread, like one of us picks, we think the spread's going to be right. Uh, and the other person says they, they pick against the spread. So I went with the Chiefs even after the spread was adjusted from seven to 11 points. And so I got two points for that. Um, so if you get the bonus point, uh, if you get the bonus game right, you get two points for it, no matter if it's an upset or not. Dude, um, they were covering for like that entire game. I was so I mad. I know. God. I thought about that video of that guy in the Cowboy Seahawks game. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff him. Stuff him. <laughs> uh, Drew got an upset correct. He got the Panthers over the Cardinals. So that was two points for him. So he finished the week with five points. I finished with six. We both went in with three. So right now I am up nine to eight. Uh, my record is eight, four, and one, and yours is seven and six. Um, and going into the way we do our picks here, we pick the Giants, Jaguars, and Bills game, and then we each pick an upset. We each pick a lock. And if we get either of those right, so if we get the upset right, we get two points. If you lose your lock pick, you lose a point. Um, and then uh, we each pick a wild card game for each other. And this season, we are doing a, like I said before, a bonus game where we pick the spread and uh, last week, Drew, I got first dibs on that, so you can do it this week. Uh, but just to summarize, uh, for the Giants and the Cowboys, we're both taking Dallas, who's favored, uh, obviously. Um, we're taking the Bills um, to beat the Titans. And who's favored in that game, Drew? What's the spread looking like for that one? Uh, I have it right here. I am literally looking at the page. Where is the game? It is not on here. I think they must have taken the spreads down because of the 
the game change. Well, we're both picking the Bills, so we'll both get the same result either way. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Jags, Texans. I'm going with Jacksonville. I be- I am going to believe in Minshew that he's going to go All back right. and get his uh, loss from last year. Uh, and the Texans are favored there, so if I win that one, I'll get two points. Um, so, Drew, who is your lock pick this week? So, my lock pick. You know what? I'm not going to be boring and pick the Ravens two weeks in a row, so – I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so Drew is going with the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Eagles. I think that's a great pick, so I probably would have picked that. Um, let's see here. I am actually going to go – my lock is going to be the Los Angeles Rams to defeat the Washington football team. Okay, that's a good pick too. Rams are my lock. All right. And uh, what's the next one we're picking? All right. So next, uh, go with your upset pick. Who's your upset special? Ooh, an upset special. Hmm. I think I am going to go with the L.A. Chargers to upset the New Orleans Saints. All right. LA Chargers on Monday Night Football on Monday Night Football now one of the two games on Monday Night Football yes um, I am going to go with my upset is going to be the upset that you got correct last week I'm going to ride with Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers to go and beat the Falcons in Atlanta they're Atlanta's minus two so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's fair enough. I probably should have picked one of those games, but I had decided to go with an actual upset. Those two-point <laughs> spreads. <laughs> well, uh, well, it is technically an upset. You're right. I, I, I'm playing by the rules. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, All right, I, so Drew, since I went with such an easy one, how about this? You pick your wildcard game for me. Okay. So I'll pick the only other close one, the Colts and Browns. Uh, I'm going to go – with i'm gonna go with cleveland okay you're going with another underdog it's even the spread's even oh the one i i see here is plus one and minus one but it doesn't matter according to espn which is what i was going based on it's an even call right now but i'm gonna go with cleveland over uh over the colts okay and uh so then you pick one for me right yes uh that's that's right um let's see See, that's the thing. You took the only other really close one, so now you got to dig deep. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Thursday night game is also up for grabs because that hasn't happened yet. That's true. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. Why don't I have you pick the Bears and the Bucks? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. All right. That was really the only game that was really – I mean, I'm, you know, Raiders-Chiefs, no. Jets <laughs> cardinals no. <laughs> Ravens-Bengals, no. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I'm gonna have you. So you're going with Tampa Bay. So you're going with the Buccaneers. All right. So Drew, I picked the bonus game last week. You got to pick the bonus game this week. All right. Well, what's gonna? What is an interesting spread? I, I want to see if there's some good ones here. Um, up for grabs here for whoever's right. I'm gonna go with the. This is not a very exciting game at all. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins and the 49ers. 
All right. That's a tough spread to pick. So what, what does yours have it at? Hold on, I'm pulling that game up on here. Uh, it says San Francisco minus nine. Okay, that's the same as the one I'm looking at too. So uh, since uh, you picked first last time, I'll pick this time. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins to cover. All right, so you're saying the Dolphins won't lose by nine is what you're saying. Right. Or more than nine, but yeah. All right. All right. So I I, I think – I I actually like that because I think the 49ers will beat them by like 14. So (laughs) – Fair enough. Okay. So – Let's go. All right. So go San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that, uh, that wraps up our picks for the week, right? That is correct. All right, so that also wraps up uh, the week five edition of another damn sports podcast. Mike, do you have any final thoughts? You look like you do. Uh, There's one, you know, this is a sports podcast. Uh, Right now we've got baseball playoffs going on. So if you're watching baseball playoffs, uh, hopefully the Yankees get eliminated tonight as we're watching, as we're uh, recording this. Um, The Braves just advanced. They uh, knocked out the Marlins. The Houston Astros advanced after knocking out uh, the Oakland A's. Um, so they won their series three games to one. They'll be in the ALCS yet again. This time they didn't cheat their way to get there. Um, <laughs> Who knows so, if they did or didn't. As, as far as we know. So if Tampa <laughs> Bay beats the Yankees, which right now as we're recording this, they're losing two to one in the fourth. But if Tampa Bay wins, they'll be in the ALCS against um, Houston. And uh, if the Dodgers win tonight, they will sweep the San Diego Padres and be in the NLCS against the Braves. So that'll be exciting. And then in terms of uh, basketball, it's a 3-1 lead for the Lakers, and I was hoping that Miami would put up more of a fight, but uh, we got some news that really will propel the Lakers to win, which is they're wearing the Black Mamba jerseys on Friday night, and the Lakers have not lost in those jerseys since they have developed them uh, since Kobe's passing. Uh, or it might just be in the bubble. They haven't lost since they've worn them in the bubble yet. But uh, there's no way they're losing being inspired by Kobe in the chance to win the finals in Kobe's jersey. There's no way. There's no way that Miami's going to be able to beat them in that. Oh yeah, no. And the thing with that series is the fact that the Heat can just cannot. There is the only game they won was because I mean, there's a lot of factors. Jimmy Butler put up 40 points and had a triple double, but uh, they also held Anthony Davis to a very pedestrian stat line. I think the biggest difference is the fact that uh, the Lakers have a big man who can score, and Miami just Adebayo is a great player but they don't have anybody that can cover Anthony Davis. And that's, that's a fact. So um, it's been a great series. I think Jimmy Butler has definitely proved that he is one of the elite players in the NBA. If you give him a decent roster, I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that he put up 40 points in today's NBA without putting a three up is pretty nuts. Um, and, well, and ever since he left the Chicago Bulls, he just seems unhappy everywhere he's gone. He seemed unhappy in Minnesota. He seemed unhappy, he, a lot unhappy in uh, Philadelphia, but he seems like he's found a home in Miami. I feel like he's found a home in Miami and, um, I just got to give a shout out to Pat Riley and his continued success, uh, you know, as a going from being a coach to a GM to president of operations down there in Miami. Uh, He's had success with the Lakers. He's had success with the Knicks. Like who has success with the Knicks? Well, Pat Riley did. Um, And uh, you know, he's taken three generations in the Miami heat in the last few decades um, to NBA finals. You had Dwayne Wade and Shaq. Then you had, the big three when Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade. Obviously, Chris Bosh gets named first because he was by far the most important. Um, <laughs> and now this is my team. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kudos to Pat Riley. I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to win this game coming up on Friday night. But, hey, if, if they do and they come back and win the series, I will be so happy because the thing I knew about this 
all along was that everyone was going to say that this finals was going to be considered with an asterisk unless LeBron won it. Then it's a legitimate finals and he can count it on his resume against Michael Jordan. No, he can't. It's an asterisk. No matter what anybody says, it's a freaking asterisk. All right. Yeah, the fact that there's no crowd just makes the game so much different. I love watching basketball. There's no crowd. There's no traveling. So yeah. there's all these elements that, you know, and there's not the full regular season to, you know, give you that wear and tear. It just, it, it, it was, and a lot of these basketball games in this bubble have been really exciting and fun basketball to watch. But it's not the same. It's just not the same. So, you know, kudos to the Lakers if they end up winning the finals. They, they buy, were the best team this year, so they deserve it. But at the same time, it doesn't count to me as a championship like a normal championship would. Like if the Celtics, and I, I say this fully, if the Celtics won this year, in my opinion, they'd have 17 titles plus one. <laughs> and that's how it is. And maybe I'm saying that also because the Lakers have 16, and this would put them to 17, which is tied with the Celtics. So really, I still say the Celtics are the, have more. And Money Mike has made his point. What he says is law. This man should be running for president, not the two people we have going right now. I guarantee you I'd get more votes. <laughs> I 100% agree with that statement. I think I'd get more enthusiasm too. <laughs> yes, that, that's also true. But thank you I guys. I also look like I'm not about to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is ideal in a candidate. Anything else, Mike? Uh, no, just that everybody uh, stay safe. Um, be uh, socially distanced, uh, wear your masks uh, when you're out there, and hopefully everybody is able to uh, be working, be healthy, and uh, enjoy sports. Yes, absolutely. Enjoy sports. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this sports podcast. I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Gilchrist. Thank you guys so much for listening to another damn sports podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy week five of the NFL season.